We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It is May 11th. It's 2021. And we have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Made some money today on basketball and baseball. So, you know, I'm happy. I'm a happy boy. And yeah. basketball's almost done with which makes me even more happy. Yeah, I stacked the Red Sox, but still ended up making money because I played Tyler Nyquin and Brandon Belt. Um, min cash money, but I'll take it. Um, I'll take it. So we are presented by Superdraft.com. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you head on over there. Use promo code GRINDERS for a $50 instant deposit along with the 50% deposit match bonus up to $500 on your first deposit of $550 or more. Take advantage of that. Get the free money. And, um, yeah, they got a lot of stuff going on over there. They have a $20 four-entry max. They have some other smaller dollar tournaments, but a lot of stuff going on for baseball. Get in there. Check it out. Uh, Multipliers and set a salary cap. We will have a Super Draft play of the day. Towards the end, uh, we start here with Philly at Washington. We got Chase Anderson and Eric Fed, nine total, and Washington's a 122 favorites. Um, do you have any interest here in Chase Anderson? I have neither interest in both pitcher, either pitcher because they're both non-strikeout pitchers and just quite frankly not very good and in tougher matchups. Yeah, I like the over in this game. Um I think the over in this game super super solid, um, but I'm with you. I don't really have a ton of interest in Chase Anderson. He struggles to both sides of the plate. 
uh, with Juan Soto back and this lineup getting a little bit healthier. Uh, I think this is a spot you stay away from Chase Anderson. And then Eric Fed on the other side, 16% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate. Gives up a lot of hard contact to righties. Um, McCutcheon, Singura, Romuto, Bohm, like Hoskins. This is a very right-handed heavy team against the guy that struggles with righties. So uh, this is another spot that I'm, I'm just out. Yep, no interest. All right, let's start with the Philly Bats. Um, everybody, like I, I like, like I said, I like the over in this game. I like the Philly side of this game. Um, McCutcheon's 4,300. Reese Hoskins is 4,300. Um, I really like the price on him. Didi's 3,800. So, yeah, a lot of like cheaper bats here on the Philly side. Yeah, Hoskins is an absolute fantastic play. He's far too cheap. He's going up against ground ball pitcher, and I love targeting Reese Hoskins against ground ball pitchers, especially those that don't strike out guys at a big clip. So, Hoskins is an absolutely fantastic play on this slate. Harper grades out as a pretty good play, obviously expensive as he always is, but it's worth it. Outside of that, like probably Didi, uh, another fly ball hitter. Um, but like those are those are the main three targets that I really want. Anyone else is fine in, uh, in a stack here. Like I said, Fed puts the ball, gets the ball put in play a lot, walks a decent amount of guys. So Babbitt can hit him pretty hard. It's not terrible weather considering what time of year it is. So yeah. Hoskins, absolute fantastic play on this slate. Harper, DD, guys, you want in your stack. Um, yeah. And then, like, the other side, the Washington side, like, Soto's 5,300. He's super expensive, but I think he's a strong play. Um, you know, Bell, Gomes, Schwarber, Zimmerman. Harrison is 3,600 for a guy that is having a really strong start to the season, batting second. Like, you look at his 2020 numbers, and they weren't good. You look at his 2021 numbers, and they're super solid, hitting the ball up in the air a lot, a lot of hard contact. Um, Harrison is definitely somebody that I'm looking at in this spot. Yeah, no, Harrison a little bit too underpriced here, batting second. Chase Anderson just been so bad so far this season, and he's due for some negative regression, even though he's been pretty bad. He's walking lefties at a 15% clip, not really striking out anyone, giving up fly balls, giving up hard contact, just doing absolutely nothing. So Soto stands out as one of the better raw points plays on the entire slate outside of Coors, may or may not end up playing. They could change the slate pretty drastically. Um but yeah, outside of that, like Turner always in play. Bell is far too cheap. Don't mind Castro or Schwarber at their price tags. This makes out to be a pretty easy stack if you don't throw Turner in it. Like you can stack the two for f- through five, and you're only getting one guy over 4K, and he's potentially the top guy on the slate. So this is just a great spot to target everyone. Chase Anderson is just just plain trash. Yeah, like I said, I like the over in this game. Um, spoiler alert for the morning grind game. Um we move on. We got John Means against Stroman with Baltimore against New York facing the Mets. Um, seven total in this game. Mets a 149 favorite, low total in this one. Uh, do you have any interest here in John Means? At his price tag? I'm not sure. Like, I know he's been paying it off. Like, he's a, been a very good pitcher this year. Like, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to wait and see where ownership is, where, uh, where, what lineup ends up coming out. Obviously he's been a little bit better at striking out righties than he has versus lefties this year. But I think that just might be a little bit of a sample size thing, clearly a better pitcher versus lefties, but this is just, it's, it's so, so weird seeing John means priced at 10.3. He's the highest priced pitcher 
on the entire slate, which is super weird. I, mean, I get he just threw a no-hitter, and he pitched fantastic in that outing. But this just seems too high of a price. So I'm still expecting people to play him after he's been so good this season, but I don't believe him to be this good of a pitcher. Like, I think he's due for some negative regression. How much? I don't know, but I, I'd rather just go with the other priced-up pitchers today. Yeah, I don't mind him in this spot. My only concern is like if they go with Lindor, obviously he's got he's not a guy that strikes out a ton. Pilar will probably be in the lineup. He doesn't strike out a ton. Um, Almora doesn't strike out a ton. James McCann doesn't strike out a ton. So a little concern with the matchup, but I mean, you said it right. Like you look at the 2021 numbers alone. The dude has a 30% K rate. He has a 15.6% swinging strike rate. He's striking out right-handed hitters at a 31% clip. He's using the changeup fastball curveball combo to perfection. He just threw a absolute gem against Seattle. They gave him an extra day off after throwing 113 pitches. It's just the 10-3 price tag is like sticker shock for John Means. But like you said, He's been pitching like a 10-3 pitcher to start the year. Like, take away the no-hitter. Like, not even, like, looking at the no-hitter. 31-25-30, 11 against the Yankees, and 29. Like, don't even look at the 58 points he just put up against Seattle. He's been pitching great. I think he's super playable in tournaments, in cash games. Honestly, I'm probably going Bueller or somebody else. Um Bueller's just facing Seattle. It's just a little bit easier matchup, but I think John Means is a fantastic tournament play. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what his ownership looks like. If, if, granted, if a lot of people chase it, if they're chasing the no hitter and we're looking at really high ownership for Means, I'll probably pass. But if everybody has that same like sticker shock on John Means at 10 3 and he's going to be lower owned, I think he's a great play. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm just kind of guessing it was going to be normally owned. Like, that that's the main thing. And just his numbers overall don't really suggest that he's the top one of the top players. Like, it's not what, like when DeGrom or Bieber or anyone else comes in there that's just an absolute ace. He's priced at 10-3 with numbers for a guy that should be priced at about 9 9-5. And I, I, I'm just expecting the ownership. So obviously check that. that that's my real thing. But if he's going to come in at low owned, I don't like he, he offers you a ton of upside. Like we've seen him get 30 multiple times this year. So if you're right and he's going to be low owned, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. All right. Um, the other side, Stroman, um, any interest in him? Not really. I mean, nine, one, like not a great strikeout pitcher. He's been getting things done, but. He just doesn't offer you enough upside. And I get it's against Baltimore and Baltimore is going to have the pitcher going because uh, it's in an NL ballpark. But like Stroman is just a guy I rarely end up playing. I know that's lazy analysis, but the, unless he's he's just priced too high for me. Like I know he's been good, but I just don't like this price tag for a 21% K rate guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the matchup's terrible for Stroman. Um, you know we're really just looking at this season because he didn't play last year, but he's, he's been pitching really solid. I don't, like I said, I don't think the matchup's terrible. I think he's a guy that can go 25 plus. I think this is one of the lower scoring games on the slate um, just in general. So I don't mind it. 
there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup with Mancini, DJ Stewart, Mountcastle, Severino, adding the pitcher spot like you mentioned, um, which you know is potentially taking a guy like Hayes or you know one of these other guys like Santander or somebody else, like somebody out of the lineup um, is you know getting taken out of the lineup here. I guess Santander's on the IL. That doesn't make sense, but um, just somebody's getting taken out of the lineup in this game, and you're adding a pitcher spot. So I don't hate. Stroman because I do think this is going to be a low scoring game. It's just, I don't know if I end up playing him a lot um, over maybe a, a guy like Freddie Peralta or even a guy like um, Eovaldi or Pablo Lopez. Like we have some cheaper options that I like and we're going to get into some other guys that I like on this slate too. So um, let's talk bats in this game. Is there anything here on the Baltimore side that you like? No, not really. I mean, Stroman is a solid real-life pitcher. He's a big ground ball guy. So, I mean, if I want to target anyone, it'd probably be maybe Montcastle, like maybe Mancini, but Mancini's 4.5K. Montcastle's just cheap. So, he'd probably be the only guy. But, I mean, they have a three implied team total. Stroman just doesn't really get beat up too much. He doesn't give up a lot of power. So, I just not really. I'm out on this game. Like, I don't even yeah. like anything on the Mets side of things. I think this is just a game, low scoring, 12-game slate. Uh, is there anything here on the Mets that you like? No. We move on. We have Oakland at Boston. Bassett against Eovaldi. This game has a nine total. Boston's a 135 favorite. Uh, Vegas didn't see the Red Sox play on Monday. They were awful. Um, what are your thoughts here on Bassett? I honestly don't hate him. Like he's been pretty solid recently on the overall in the season, got solid control, decent ground ball pitcher, like striking out guys at 25% clip. I don't think anyone's going to play him And the Red Sox. While they're a solid hitting team, they do have a lot of strikeouts at the bottom of this order, like a lot. And like, I don't think people are going to, yeah, I don't think he's going to come in any ownership. I mean, you look at his last few starts and he's just been crushing it and he's, a solid real life pitcher. Like he's been a solid real life pitcher for the last year and the strikeout stuff seems to be coming in here. So I'm willing to risk it on him. I mean, he's got 12.3% swing strike rate on the season. I know it's a tough lineup, but like the projected lineup is projected to be an above average strikeout lineup because of these bats at the bottom. So I'm willing to use him in tournaments. I mean, he doesn't grade out as a great play, but I expecting him at like 4% ownership. Yeah, he's another guy that I really don't mind for tournaments. Um, I could see playing both sides. I could see playing Bassett. I could see stacking the Red Sox. So if you do play Bassett and you're playing a bunch of teams, roll out a Red Sox head stack. But I do think Bassett's very much in play. Um, the, like you said, the bottom of the order is just – it's bad. And, like, Marvin Gonzalez batting the leadoff is not great either. Like, you're worried about Verdugo, J.D., Bogarts, and um, Devers in this lineup. And then the rest of it, you're just trying to get strikeouts – uh, Eovaldi on the other side, like Eovaldi's definitely been pitching a lot better since the start of last season. Eight, six is a little expensive. Um, I don't hate him in this spot. Like we know he has 20, 25 plus point upside. Um, I just, I don't know. I think he's in play. He's just not my favorite. Yeah. He's in play. I mean, he's been a little bit hit or miss this season. Got solid K stuff. Got pretty darn good command. Like his underlying numbers are better than his 4.62 ERA. 
it's not the easiest matchup in the world going up against Oakland, who's pretty patient, can get the pitch count up there. He's rarely gone up to 100 pitches. Only once this season has gone up to 100 pitches. So the leash isn't the longest, and he tends to go a little bit later in the game because he doesn't walk guys a whole lot. But he's been walking guys a little bit more in the last few games. This is a tough lineup for walks. Very patient. So I'm worried about how late he'll go into the game, and that's kind of where I like his upside is the fact that he just doesn't walk anyone. So it's an all right matchup. He's a mediocre play. I'm not going to argue with it, but there's a lot of pitchers I like on the slate. Um, bats, anything standing out to you for Oakland? I actually kind of like them as a sneaky stack. Like evaldi has been a bit hit or miss so far this season. He's given up four more runs in three of his seven starts so far. Been outstanding in the other ones. He's a decent ground ball pitcher, but there's a lot of guys in this lineup that hit fly balls a whole lot. Oakland's going from Oakland to over to Boston, much better, um, much better spot than Oakland is for bats. Obviously it's one of the best hitting parks in the entire majors and the prices on these guys, like just don't seem quite high enough. Both Olsen and Moreland are both too cheap. And I know that Evaldi has been a little bit reverse splitsy, um, but both those guys are four, one and four five or three, five canna Lowry, um, Chapman, Liriano, all or Loreno, all solid plays, and even Murphy, Murphy's a solid hitting bat. Like, I really like this stack, and I don't think it's going to come in at much ownership at all because Evaldi's just a solid pitcher, but very hit or miss guy. And the prices on a lot of these guys aren't nearly high enough. Yeah, I don't mind this as like a secondary stack or using some one offs, but I don't know if I full stack this spot. Um, I, I think this is a spot where. I don't want to get like, I don't want to feel like it's like a super get cute spot. Um, cause I, I know you have all these, a good pitcher and like, even on the other side of this game, I don't think I really want to stack like the Red Sox in the spot either. I think this is just a game that I hope stays low scoring and there's just not a ton of strikeouts, but I mean, I don't mind playing Devers and JD and Bogarts, but they're so expensive. I think there's just going to be better spots. I think, the guy that stands out to me the most is probably Verdugo um, at, his, at his great price tag here of 3900 Yeah, I mean, Boston's currently at a 4.8 run total. I think they're going to be owned. I'm a big fan of Bassett, and like I said, he's just been super solid recently. Like, I think he has over seven strikeouts in each of his last four games, Over yeah, and over eight in three of those. He's been a big ground ball pitcher. Like I, I'm just a big fan of him overall. And again, maybe because I'm playing him, that's why I might be a little bit jaded. Uh, but I just think that this is a this is a tricky spot here where people just automatically stack up the Red Sox, especially when they have a high total. They got four point eight total. I don't. I just don't think that. I don't think that Vegas really has this one right. I mean, could be wrong. I'll double check in the morning. I tend to, I tend to rely on Vegas odds semi heavily, but I think this is a spot where it's just not fully right and that people are going to be on it and realistically if they are going to do something against them it's probably just going to be mostly babbit random babbit just because of the ballpark so I'm, I'm kind of out on all the boston bats i just don't really have any desire to play any of them especially at these price tags yeah tampa and new york well it's new york at tampa um we have jordan montgomery and i heard it could be um Luis Patino in this one I, I know Yarbrough is another guy that was like thrown here um 
So we'll go with Patino for now. This game is currently sitting at an eight total. Yankees are a 133 favorite. Uh, let's talk Jordan Montgomery first. Do you have any interest in him in this spot? I mean, it's a solid lineup. Like, I, I don't want like playing him because he always has such a short leash. He's been really solid so far this season. Like, his K rate is sitting at 20%. Like, his X flips right around four. He's been a decent pitcher. He's priced at 7.9K, but I don't see him going over. 80 pitches the problem is he's been so good versus lefties and the righties in this lineup really aren't great they're one of the highest strikeouts i think they're the second highest strikeout team versus left-handed pitching so far this season i think detroit's number one um and montgomery is a solid pitcher i just don't know if i can fully trust him going late into this game he has such a short leash that if he ends up making it six innings he could end up doing something but I just don't see enough upside here where I want to pay 7.9 K for him. Ah, man. I love lefties against this team. It's just, oh, he's like, he's like a fringe play for me today. I like the price tag of 7,900. I really like the matchup. My problem is like, he was pitching really, really decent in the last game against Houston and at 82 pitches, they yanked him. Um, I think he could pitch really well here. This is the third time he's facing this team this season too. And I think that's a disadvantage. Um, I'll probably pass, but I do think he's like a, a super fringe play, um, today. Uh, Patino on the other side. I mean, he's definitely shown some strikeout ability, but I mean, we have no idea what to expect pitch count wise from this guy. Yeah. I mean, I, He's cheap, but he's not got. He went fifty sixth in the last one. Like, I don't know. Do you think they're? Do you think they're going to kind of like give him a little bit longer leash? I mean, even if they do, what do we really expect it to be? It's, yeah, I guess it's that's a tough matchup versus New York. Like, but I mean, he's five point five k is the main thing. I guess there's a few other cheap pitchers I like on the slate. You can obviously go late, but the strikeout stuff has absolutely been there. Um, not a huge sample size, but he's supposed to be a pretty solid strikeout guy overall, regardless. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, yeah, I'm not expecting him to go over four innings. I, I just, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, yeah. Like he's facing the Yankees. This game's yeah. in Tampa. That's a benefit, but I'm trying to probably pass unless we get like definite news on pitch count. Um, it's a pass for me. Let's talk Yankees bats. Um, I mean, Grant, like when we're looking at the Yankees, they're expensive. Um, I mean, Judge is probably a, a fantastic like one-off at 4,500, but like Stanton and LeMahieu and these guys are like super expensive. Um, Luke Voigt's supposed to return here um, at some point this series, and he's like 3,700. I don't hate that. Yeah, yeah, if he's in the lineup, that's definitely too cheap of a price tag, him and Judge. But, yeah, it's being played over in Tampa Bay. Just not a solid ballpark, and Stino's not a bad pitcher, and the rest of the bullpen it's probably going to be mostly a bullpen game. It's pretty solid, so I'm not really a huge fan of the Yankee bats outside of Voight and Judge as a one-off. Um, I think that is kind of where I'm at. And then on the Tampa side, I really don't like any of these guys. I hate playing Tampa against left-handed pitching. If you're playing anybody, it's probably like a Rose Arena, and he's 5,200. 
Um, Brasu has good numbers against lefties. He's 3,100. You can use him at second base. He might bat like fourth or fifth here. I don't hate that. Yeah, but I mean, it's Montgomery, solid pitcher, and then it goes to the bullpen. That's one of the best in baseball. Like, I, I have no interest in anyone. All right, Kansas City at Detroit. Singer against Boyd. Uh, seven and a half total here. Ba- or Kansas City is a one twenty-two favorite. What are your What are your thoughts here on Singer? I mean, Detroit's terrible. I I mean, Singer. I'm guessing is probably going to be the chalkiest pitcher on the slate. He's super cheap. He's sitting there at five point seven k. Like he's not a bad real life pitcher. He's league average in run prevention and above league average in strikeouts. His leash is probably around 90 to 100 pitches, 100 if he's pitching well, but I assume he's going to be pitching well because Detroit's just awful. Like, I love him. I don't know how much I'll end up playing him if he's going to be, like, ridiculously high-owned, which I'm kind of expecting him to be. I could be wrong on that, but he grades out as the best point-per-dollar pitcher on the entire slate by a decent margin. He's going to be really chalk. He put up 32 against this team earlier this season. He's going to be chalk. He's way too Everyone puts up 32 against Tigers. Yeah, I just the price, <laughs> the price just doesn't make um a ton of sense in this one. So um yeah, I like Singer a lot. Strikeout pitcher against team that strikes out a ton. Like what's not to like about Singer in this spot? And then Boyd on the other side, I don't think he's the craziest play here he's 6300 he might be like the best pivot off of singer in the same game yeah that's kind of what i was thinking exactly like boyd he just doesn't seem right i have a feeling he might be tipping his pitches like that's the only thing i can kind of think of because the slider is just not what it used to be it's not like he's walking a ton guys he's just not striking out guys at a big rate i don't fully understand it but this kansas city team really isn't that great has a decent amount of strikeouts in it. This seems like a get-right spot for him. I'm right there with you. I think that he probably is the pivot. They'll let him go 100 pitches if he's pitching well. He's still put up decent outings so far this year, even though he hasn't actually been pitching well. Like His XFIP is drastically higher than his uh, ERA. He's been good in the past. He's been a much better strikeout pitcher in the past. I have to assume that at some point that's going to come back, and he's shown a glimpse of it once or twice this year. But, like, yeah, he's 6.3K. That's the real reason why. 6.3K against a decent strikeout team. Like, I will probably end up using quite a bit of him, and he is probably the pivot off of Singer if Singer is going to be the highest-owned pitcher on the slate, like I think he is. He's walked – more than one guy one time this season and he's allowed more than two earned runs one time this season um like you know you look at the underlining numbers and they definitely suggest he's getting a little lucky and the strikeout stuff isn't there but i think the strikeout stuff will come back um you know this is a guy in 2019 again was a couple of years ago had a 30 percent k rate and it's really hard to judge kind of last season and it's still early in this season. I think Boyd will be okay. And I think this is a spot you can definitely play him. Um, is there any Kansas city bats that you like here? I mean, if he's going to be chalky, yes, but that'll be the only reason why, I mean, he's still giving up a decent amount of hard contact and a decent amount of fly balls. So like always, I never mind Solaire as a potential one-off. Like if Boyd doesn't have strikeout stuff or it doesn't come back, then 
Solaire grades out pretty darn well. Dozier grades out pretty well. Obviously, Boyd is a lot worse versus righties than he is versus lefties. Um, but like those are the two guys that stand out from uh, salary perspective. Perez maybe if you need a decent catcher. Um, but Witt is 5.3K like he always is. Benintendi is not good. And he's facing a lefty that's very good versus lefties. Uh, O'Hearn, if he's in the lineup, I'm not playing him lefty-lefty versus Boyd. So Solaire, Dozier, Perez are probably the only thing three I would think about. And Solaire is a fantastic one-off. Yeah, like I just – I hate paying up for catchers. So Perez at 4,500 seems like a lot. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't mind – I don't mind Dozier – if you're going to play Dozier and Solaire, you might as well play Perez, though. Make it a three-man stack and get the catcher spot taken care of. Um, Detroit, I mean, probably nothing. Grossman, if he bats leadoff at 3.3, I guess, is not the worst option. I mean, it's I, I absolutely hate Detroit, and their lineup is just so awful. But if Singer is going to be ridiculously high on there, I will probably stack them up once or twice in tournaments just because – like Singer's not that great of a pitcher. I mean, Detroit is just so bad, but they're cheap. You can pay it for some high price pitchers on this. You can double barrel pitcher. I like the game theory part of it with Singer being so high priced. It kind of makes sense. So I'm, I may end up doing it, but just based off of stats, you have no reason to play them. It's strictly game theory. All right, moving on here. We have Toronto at Atlanta. It is a nine and a half total in this game. Atlanta is a 167 favorite. We got Robbie Ray facing off against Max Freed. Um, any interest here in Robbie Ray? I actually do. I actually have a decent amount of interest in him in tournaments, which is weird to say because I never target anyone going up against Atlanta and I generally don't target lefties going up against Atlantis because they have so many good righty bats, but Robbie Ray has been solid and we were like his overall numbers on the season are a little bit skewed because he started off first game, walk three guys, second game, walk six guys. He has not walked a single batter in the last three games. He just put up 22 points against this Atlanta team. He's put up 20 in the last three outings. He's been a solid K guy. Like it's just, it's a spot where I don't think he's going to come in at any ownership because of late and is going to be one of the chalkier teams on the slate, but he's really been a good pitcher this year and he just has not been walking anyone recently as a solid ground ball rate. Like he's just been so good over the last few outings and so accurate that he can end up still mowing through this lineup. So it's weird to say, cause I don't like targeting anyone against the lineup, but, Robbie Ray is a fantastic tournament play on the slate. I no, I mean, Grant, it's fine you, if you're buddy. It's, yeah, it's 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 probably I not mean, the smartest move, but he's just been solid. I mean, it could work out for sure. Just Atlanta's one of my favorite stacks on the slate, so um, I'm probably not playing Robbie Ray, but I completely understand why you would. Like you said, he's been striking out guys. The walks have definitely been down. Um, but yeah, I, I can't do it. Um, Max Freed on the other side of this game. Um, I mean, we like left-handed pitching against Toronto usually, 
but I just don't expect Max Fried to go too deep here. He went 72 pitches in his first back um, start back. He pitched really well against Washington in Is that it game. Freed or Wilson? It's Freed. Uh, Wilson's not even with the big league team, if I remember correctly. So, pretty sure he's at the alternate site. Um, like all the Vegas books have Freed. Um, ESPN has Freed. I think it's going to be Freed. Um, I could be wrong. If it's Wilson, play Toronto a lot. Um, do you have any interest if it is Freed? Um, not really. Just no. Like Toronto's a solid team. I don't really like targeting pitchers against them. Oh, they will be without the DH. Sorry, I was, I was just thrown for a loop, and I'm looking to see if I thought it. I thought he was brought back up, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, you might be right. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I I like the Toronto lineup. Yeah, I just don't expect Freed to pitch deep here. He's a guy that generates a lot of ground balls. He does a great job of not giving up fly balls. He generates a ton of soft contact. I mean, yeah, I don't think I play him here. More of pitch count reasons, but I'm definitely not going to. I think we're on the opposite ends of this game. I really don't like Toronto in this spot. Yeah, I don't know. I'm the... Sorry, I did all my research for Wilson. <laughs> well, then you would love Toronto. Um, I was going to love Toronto with Wilson. Everybody was going to love Toronto. Yeah, I still think Toronto's a pretty solid play. I mean, yeah, Freed is a guy that gets a lot of soft contact. And he's a decent ground ball pitcher. Um, he's a decent real life pitcher, but there's a lot of fly ball hitters in this lineup and a lot of bats that get a lot of hard contact. I mean, I'll wait and see what ownership's at because I don't expect them to be high on because of their price tags. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm off them a little bit more with Freed in there. Darn it. I was really looking forward to Toronto bats. Uh, let's talk Atlanta. I know you said you have interest in Ray. What are your thoughts on the Atlanta bats? They're they're my favorite. They're going to be one of the chalkier stacks on the slate, especially if this Colorado game gets postponed. So I'm a big fan of Robbie Ray. I think that he's super underrated right now, and he's pitching fantastic. So I have not a lot of interest in the Atlanta bats that are going to come in at super high ownership. I mean, the only reason that the Atlanta Bats won't come in at high ownership here is the price. They're so expensive. To, it's really hard to stack Atlanta. Like, Acuna is 6K. Freeman, lefty-lefty, is 5,500. Ozuna's 5K. Albies is 4,900. Like, yeah, you're going to get some cheap bats here. Like, Swanson and Riley are both kind of cheap. Contreras, even Contreras is a guy that's 3,600 at catcher. Um, like, he's not even priced down. So... I think the only thing that keeps their ownership down in this spot is just price. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. But I'm I'm high on Robbie Ray here. I get it. Yeah, gotta like who you like. I like Atlanta. Like I said, I think they're a top stack on the slate. We'll see what happens. Um, one of us is gonna be right. St. Louis at Milwaukee. Um, seven and a half total in this game. Brewers, a slight favorite here at 123. We have um, Kim versus Peralta. What are your thoughts here on Kim? I mean, Kim's been a pretty solid pitcher so far this season, sitting right around a 25% K rate. Um, And this Brewers lineup is not good. The thing that I'm worried about is how late is it going to pitch into the game? It's a super solid matchup. Like, they're not great so far this season. They do not have a great lineup. 
I'm just worried about his pitch count. So he's in play at 7.2K because he's cheap. I'd rather go with some other guys. But if he's going to come in at low ownership, that that's kind of the reason why I would end up playing him. It's just I don't see him going too far into this game. I mean, the Brewers lineup is really bad. Um, it's bad. And you look at, like, you know, Kim's numbers last season. You look at this season, the strikeout rate is up. Um, he's not walked a right-handed hitter yet this season. Like, I think that's phenomenal. Um, he's only walked one guy in general. So I worry about the pitch count, but I think if he's pitching well, 85 to 90 is kind of where he's going to live. And that's kind of in the price. Um, I don't think it's crazy to play Kim in the spot. And I think he is very, very, very much in play. If we're going to see a ton of ownership on Boyd and singer, um, I think he's a great pivot off of those guys. So we'll be paying attention to the ownership. I think the lineup is really bad. And like, this is a spot Kim could have a really good game. The only problem is like Peralta's pitching on the other side of this game. And this guy is just an absolute beast right now. Um, 9,400 for Peralta going up against the Cardinals. I mean, he's worth every penny, right? Like this is a guy with a 39% strikeout rate since the start of last season um, against a predominant right-handed team. And we know he's a much better strikeout pitcher against righties. I think you have to like Peralta. You have to. Do you know his strikeout rate versus righties is this year? It's over 50% if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of varieties in this lineup. He's been pitching fantastic this season. Still gets a little bit wild, walks some guys. But um, that Philly game, the only thing that really happened was Didi hit a grand slam in the first inning. Outside of that, he pitched fantastic. Like, he's super solid this year. Massive, massive upside. Going up against a right-handed dominant team, I really, really like Freddy Peralta in this spot. I mean, you basically said 40% K rate on the season. We know he has great K stuff from the past. Like, this is a lineup that isn't terribly patient. I, I, yeah, he's my second favorite pitcher on the slate, which my first one we'll get to later, which is going to be most people's first favorite pitcher. Yeah, I mean, I think Peralta might be my favorite pitcher, and I think Kim's one of my favorite tournament pitchers. I hope this game goes way under. Um, so yeah, um, Grant, I don't like any bats in this game. Like, obviously, you can make you know arguments for like Kane at 3,400. Um, you can make an argument for Pena at 3K, Garcia at 2,900. You can make a, a really strong case for Garcia at 2,900 against um, Kim, you know, lefty righty matchup, but I just man, like, I don't love this game in general for bats yeah i mean Kem just never really gets blown up i learned my lesson stacking up against him last year waiting for negative regression and just never happening happening he's just one of those guys that outpitches the numbers and never really gets blown up but yeah no interest in playing anyone versus peralta and if you really need the salary yeah you can use kane you can use garcia but I, i'm probably out on bats on this game I think there's just going to be better spots that you're going to get to save value or save money um, that we're going to get to. So um, we move on. We got Minnesota at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Kenta Maeda and Dylan sees eight and a half total that got bet down to eight already. Um, and the White Sox are a 126 favorite. Any interest here in Kenta Maeda? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's 7.6K. He's a guy that in the past has been way better versus righties than he has versus lefties. He's due for some huge positive regression going up against a right-handed heavy lineup. Like, he's a fantastic play on this slate. 7.6K is probably not out of a price tag. I know that there's always a chance that he has a little bit of a short lease, and this White Sox team is pretty solid hitters. Um, but he can go 90-plus pitches if he's pitching well. And the price tag just seems a little bit off to me at 7.6K. Like, he, this guy, I know he's been a lot worse this season, um, but this guy's 25 26% K rate guy with pretty heavy splits and he's going up against a right-handed dominant lineup a lot of the reasons why he's been doing so bad this year is he's been facing predominantly left-handed lineups and if they throw in those lefty bats like a lot of mark great outside of Moncada. so i really really like my eight in this line in this spot yeah um i mean i don't mind him he's not my favorite um i hope he pitches well because He's on my RG season long team and I'm playing Napster man this week and I'd like beating nap. Um, but yeah, I just, hopefully the Texas start is a huge bump in the right direction for him. He pitched really well against Texas, only allowed two hits had eight strikeouts, you know, through 94 pitches and it was his best outing of the season. He's coming off his best outing. Hopefully he can use some of that momentum in this spot. Um, and then Dylan sees on the other side of this game, you know, he, we talk about like regression and stuff and this is a dude with a 2.37, you know, ERA and a 3.6 XFIP. Like he's actually been striking out people. He's missing bats. He's getting people to chase outside the zone. He has under a 70% contact rate on the year. Like this is a guy that like might actually be pitching this good. Um, But like one of those starts was against Detroit. And he's had Texas this season. He's had Kansas City. Like, this is a tougher spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the main problem is his he, – he, he gets wild. Like, in every start but against Detroit, he's had three walks. Like, he's a solid overall pitcher. He's striking guys out. Like, that might be really – he's got sitting at a 13% carry on the season. Strikeout rate might be a little high after getting 11 and 9 the last two starts. So – I don't think he's actually this good of a strikeout pitcher, but he's still solid overall. He's priced at 7K. It entirely depends on ownership here because this guy can get wild. If he's going to be heavily owned, you might fade him, but he just grades out as a fairly high upside pitcher on this slate. He could be the second highest owned guy besides Singer, and so that's why I'm kind of a little bit worried because this dude's put up 78 DK points over his last two starts. Like He's just been crushing it. And I don't know if this will fully continue. He's a solid real-life pitcher, and 7K is definitely too low of a price tag. But I think that he could end up coming in at pretty high ownership. Um, Any interest in the Minnesota Bats in this spot? I'll stack him up if uh, Cease is super heavily owned. But it doesn't grade out as a great spot. Cease is a little bit a little bit uh, reverse splitsy because he gets a bit wild going up against lefties. Um, but like, I'll use Cruz. I'll use pretty much anyone this lineup and stack them up if Cease is going to be heavily owned. Like they don't create out as great plays, but they're a solid hitting lineup. So I will stack them up just based off leverage. Yeah, I don't mind Kepler here. He's still under 4K on DraftKings. I don't hate that price. Um, 
Nelson Cruz and Donaldson are kind of expensive, but they're great. Like you said, if season's going to be popular, they're great just to, you know, make your lineups um, contrarian and stack against chalky pitcher. Uh, as far as the White Sox bats go, I mean, like you said, Kenta made a very good against righties, generates a lot of ground balls, negative hard to soft contact ratio, which is elite in any aspect. Like they don't have those like left-handed power bats to really beat him. Like I expect Maeda to pitch good in this game. Yeah, yeah. Maeda is a solid real-life pitcher. Don't expect him to get blown up. I'm out on the White Sox bats. I think you either fully stack them or just stay away from them. I think yeah. that's the only way you can play the White Sox. So. Um, we got the Angels and the Astros. Um, Otani, I guess, against McCullers. Eight total in this game. It's already been up to eight and a half, and Houston's a 148 favorite. Um, any interest here in Otani? Not really. Houston's a tough team. Otani's been striking out a ton of guys, but he's super wild here, and this team's fairly patient, so... Yeah, you can use them. Um, I'm probably going to stay away. I mean, like, there's, there's too many other 7K guys. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely, but there's like, we have so many options like Maida, Cease, Singer, Boyd. I like Robbie Ray, Bassett, Ivaldi. Like, there's tons of pitchers on this slate that I don't know if I'm going to end up using Mate or Otani at all. Yeah, he's definitely boom bust. Um, the walk rate is obviously the biggest concern, and this is a, a pretty pace in Astros team. So that's the, the biggest concern when playing him. He's going to strike out a bunch of guys. He's going to walk a bunch of guys. Um, I think there's better options today. Could it work out? Sure. Um, I just I worry about this lineup. And then Lance McCullers on the other side of this spot. He's 9,600. I think he's super playable, but I probably won't play him on this slate. Yeah, I generally end up playing him when uh, he's going to be low-owned. I expect him to be low-owned here, but the price tag's up far enough and there's a tough enough matchup where I don't I don't, I don't, don't really want to play him. Like, there are some decent strikeout bats in this lineup, but there are a lot of good bats in here. I mean, Otani, Walsh, Fletcher, Trout at the top of the lineup. McCullers can get a little bit wild, and there are a few patient bats in this lineup, but I, I just don't really have any real interest in him at this price tag. Um, Angels bats, anything standing out to you here for the Angels? I mean, I'll always stack against McCullers. It's a little bit tougher when it's the Angels without being able to play Otani because, I mean, I'll probably mini-stack them if I do anything with Trout, Walsh, and Upton. Upton's too cheap. Walsh is probably too cheap. Trout is Trout. Um, those are the main three bats. If you want to throw in Suzuki there at the bottom or even Fletcher if you just need a cheaper – uh, cheaper bat in there. Like I could see doing a five man stack going one, three, four, five, nine, um, little wraparound stack, but it, it just, it doesn't give you the most upside with Fletcher and Suzuki. So I'd rather many stack it, but Walsh and Upton is one offs that are absolutely in play. Don't play Fletcher. He's a waste of salary cap. Um, does he have a home run on the season? He's probably going to home run now that I said that, but don't, don't you that. feel dumb don't i i i won't um because then people will start playing him and it'll take him another month and a half to get a home run um houston bats question mark yeah i mean i'll play him 
Otani can get pretty wild. He, the walk rate is a huge concern, so it may not go that late into the game. Houston's a very patient team, so they can end up walk, getting a lot of walks. I mean, Grant Otani doesn't give up too much power, um, gets a lot of ground balls, but this team can absolutely destroy any pitcher. So at some point, Otani's going to have a real rough outing, and this could be the spot here. Yeah, I think they're stackerfade. Um, I don't think you're playing one-offs because they're too expensive. I think you're going to have to stack this team, um, and that's how you're going to have to approach it. And you got Tucker, that's you know somewhat cheap, and you know Brantley at forty-eight three hundred. Um, but yeah, uh, San Diego at Colorado. It's the same pitchers that were supposed to pitch on Monday, and it's the same scenario. It's going to be forty degrees light rain potential snow grant you live in Denver. right now yeah like i think okay the good thing about this is if this game doesn't go we probably get the news pretty early um but if it does go like we're not playing the pitchers in this game i mean it's cold but like we don't expect lament to go deep sensatella is not a guy we want to play uh, against the padres in any weather but the the biggest question is if this game plays in 40-degree weather, what do we do with the bats? I mean, I'll play the Padres. I probably won't play the Rockies. I mean, there's a reason the Rockies have a 3.8 implied run total. A lot of the bats are still priced up pretty heavily. Matt Adams is a decent one-off, but Lamette's a decent pitcher. Um, so in cold weather in Coors, it doesn't really make the stack as viable. I mean, Nunez is sitting there at 5K. It's pretty much Fuentes and Adams are the only ones under – 4.2k everyone's expensive in this lineup and Lomet's a solid pitcher so i'm not playing the rockies bats this padres at bat padres bats Sintel doesn't strike anyone out padres are solid bats even in 40 degree weather 45 degree weather which is supposed to warm up as the day goes on which is denver's just super weird like i'll play them all but it's probably moot because that field's going to be covered in snow for most of the day and then it's just going to be disgusting. It's not supposed to stop raining until about 7 o'clock tomorrow. So I'm fully expecting this game not to play. The field's going to be ruined after two full days of nonstop rain. I could be wrong. I'm not Roth, but I have a feeling Roth is going to say the same thing. I, I have a feeling that we're just going to straight up get a postponement um, by about noon tomorrow. Uh, I'm not really interested in the Rockies, but I love the Padres. I think you can play the Rockies. Um, if they're going to be lower owned, you can take shots on these guys. I don't mind it, but yeah, I'm probably not going to play. I hope this game gets postponed. Just n- knock this game off the slate. But yeah, I love the Padres. If this game plays. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it plays, but we'll see what Kevin Roth has to say. Um, all right, moving on. We got Miami at Arizona. It's uh, Pablo Lopez against Bumgarner. Um, let's start. Oh, and it's eight total, and it's kind of a pick'em game right now. Let's start with Pablo Lopez um, going into Arizona, pitched against this team last start, um, scored 19 fantasy points, six strikeouts, um, zero earned runs, three hits. Had a couple bad like bad luck plays, and it kind of ran up his pitch count a little bit, so he didn't go too deep into the game. Um, what are your thoughts here on Pablo Lopez? 
I mean, he's fine. Like solid strikeout rate guy, sitting around twenty five percent on the season. Lines up with last season. Solid overall pitcher, eight point two K. The problem is the dome's going to be open. It's ninety one degrees there. This isn't a huge strikeout rate team in the Diamondbacks, so I'm probably out of him because of all the other pitching options. Even though he's, I won't argue with anyone just because he is a solid real life pitcher, but I I don't really want to play him just because the dome's open. I mean, the lineup's not great, though. I think that is that's a benefit to Pablo Lopez. I would play him a lot more in this spot if this game was in Miami. Um, like, I played him in the, the start that he was in Miami. I don't hate him in this spot. Like, I was willing to play him in that game. I'm definitely willing to play him in this game. It's just, does he make the cut for me on, like, a 3-inch max build? I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then I can tell you for certain I'm not playing Bumgarner. Um, like I know that for a fact, Bumgarner's 8,700. He's dealing with a wrist injury. Uh, he just, he pitched really well against this team and he's actually pitched really well over his last four starts, but I can't trust it. And I really don't want to pay 8,700 for it. Yep. I'm not playing Bumgarner at all. He's like, he's pitched well this season, but he doesn't go late into most games coming off a wrist injury. So I'm not expecting him to play too deep. I mean, it was right wrist but like he's not a guy that's gone over 100 pitches a single time this season um his numbers are due for some negative regression babip has been heavily in his favor so far this season so no i don't really want to play him yeah um yeah just i don't like bumgarner if he was cheaper sure i think if he was cheaper in the spot you could take a shot but I, i just don't like it um, as far as Miami's concerned, as far as the bats, Jesus Aguilar is still kind of expensive. Um, Duvall at 4,100 would be somebody that I really like here. Um, just kind of seeing what the rest of the lineup looks like. I think you could definitely three man stack Miami against Bumgarner at very, very low ownership and just kind of take the value. Yeah, I could see stacking them fully like Rojas. I know he's expensive, but you can throw him in there. Um, Aguilar. Cooper, Duvall, Anderson, uh, all very much in play. They could roll out a pretty right-handed lineup, even birdie in there. Um, like, I want to wait and see what the lineup is, but the dome's open. Like, Bumgarner's a lot worse versus righties than he is versus lefties. Like, he's been pretty dominant versus lefties, but righties, he's given up a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls. It's a fantastic spot in the stadium. So, with the roof open, I think this stack's going to go pretty under-owned. And I'll stack it up. There's some like Duvall just stands out as a pretty solid bat. Aguilar has been pretty great, and it's a pretty solid spot for him. Um, everyone else, I'll just throw in because of the stack. Because like Cooper, Anderson, Ross are all decent bats. So this is going to be a low owned stack here that I have no problem with playing. Um, Arizona side, like no, yeah, I just don't really like it. This Lopez is kind of why I like up, Pablo Lopez. Uh, yeah, Lopez hasn't given up a home run in, what, four games? Like, he's a solid real-life pitcher. I don't know if I want to use him because, like, this isn't a great K lineup. He's just a good overall ground ball pitcher, solid strikeout pitcher, solid overall pitcher, but really just doesn't give up a lot of bombs. So I'm out on Arizona, even though I'm not playing Pablo Lopez. All right, we finish it out with the game that we've been waiting to talk about. It's Seattle 
Facing LA, taking on the Dodgers here. Um, this game currently sitting at a seven and a half total, and the Dodgers are a massive 250 favorite. Um, I did read a report that said that Dunn might start this game. Um, oh no, so they are switching. It will be yeah. Kikuchi, um, and then Bueller for the Dodgers. Um, do you have any interest here in you say Kikuchi? Not against the Dodgers. Yeah, he's he's actually not been terrible this season. It's just his lineup's really good. Um, up and down, there's not really weak spots in this lineup. A little bit weaker against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching, but you know they're still uh, they're just they walk at such a high clip. And I just I don't know. I just I can't trust you, say Kikuchi in this spot. And like if he was really cheap, if he was priced like he's facing the Dodgers, maybe. But this is the highest price tag he's been all season. He's facing the toughest matchup he's had all year. Like, that's an easy pass for me. Uh, Walker Bueller on the other side. He's 9,800. Probably going to be the top pitcher on the slates um, in, in terms of ownership. 3.21 XFIP, 30% K rate, 6% walk rate since the start of last season. Facing a, a pretty weak Seattle lineup. Um, I think this is obviously the guy that you were talking about who's your favorite pitcher on the slate. Yeah, I mean, it's the Mariners who are not a great lineup going up against Bueller. His 27% K rate on the season isn't actually what it should be over the last three games. Eight, 10, and nine strikeouts against some tougher lineups. He's not walking anyone. I think he has two walks on the season. This is not that patient of a lineup. They are playing against an NL team, so they don't have the DH. Like, they're already a bad lineup overall. Bueller is just an absolutely fantastic play in this spot. Um, I have zero interest in the Seattle bats. They're not even as they're they're more expensive than they are a lot of other times. Like no no interest in them at all. And then as far as the Dodgers go, I definitely don't mind the Dodgers. They're just they're really expensive. Like there's no cheap bat. Like you're yeah. you're paying down at both pitcher spots to stack the Dodgers today. Yeah, I mean, I probably will a little bit. Like Kikuchi is a solid pitcher so far this year, but this is the Dodgers, and you have some cheaper pitchers. Like you can Singer and Boyd, we already mentioned, but like you still have a lot of viable pitchers in the seven K range and Maeda and Cease um, and Robbie Ray, which I know I'm the only one to like. So you can easily make it happen. Um, so I probably will. They. Kikuchi can occasionally get blown up. Like he's given up five, six home runs already on the season. Dodgers lineup is really good. Like I'll probably end up with a Dodgers stack or two. All right, let's play the morning grind game. Then we'll give out our super draft play of the day. I'm sure we're going to be on a lot of the same guys on super draft today. After listening to us break down the slate. Um, I'll try to find the low one guy. We'll see. Uh, Grant, give me your favorite pitcher under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. I'm going to go with Robbie Ray. All right. I mean, I don't want to take Singer, but I feel like he's the cheat code. I think he's the guy you're you're taking down here. Uh, to be different, give me Kim. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Uh, McCullers. I mean, I'm going to take the cheat code in this one. I don't care. I'm taking um, Kikuchi against the Dodgers. That's fair. 
Uh, over 4K to hit a home run that's not in course. Who do you got? I'm going Reese Hoskins. You took my guy. I knew you were going to take my guy. I knew when we were talking well, about I've it. I've got his rookie card sitting right next to me. I knew you were going to take him. Um, hold on. I'm looking now. I already had wrote, wrote down. I wrote down my answers when I did my research today. So hold on. Um, Give me Juan Soto. That's a good one. Give me Juan Soto. Going way back to that early game. That is a great game to stack. Uh, under 4K to get two hits. I was not prepared for this. I was looking at Super Draft. You got a guy? Uh, Harrison. We talked about him a lot um, when we were talking about that game. I really like that game. Like, just in general, you know, even after getting done breaking down the slate, I really like the Philly-Washington game. So, yeah. Soto. I'll go Mitch Moreland. Or I'll go Marcana. Um, I forgot the next. Oh, stack to score six or more runs. I'll go Oakland. Oakland. You know what? Give me Philly. Staying on trend. Um, any bets that you like here night before? Uh, not, not really. Um, probably actually probably the Oakland money line at plus one twenty. I bet you you can guess mine by listening to all the answers that I just gave. Um, I think you had the over in the Washington game. Yay! Go Grant! Nine total. Um, yeah, I definitely like that one. It's like currently at like even money right now too. So I like the over in that game. I think there's going to be a lot of runs. It's Fed against Anderson. We can't run bad two days in a row. Like Boston, Baltimore was the one that I really liked yesterday. So. Um, all right, super draft play of the day. Who do you have for me today on super draft that you have got to get in your lineups? I know that you got to, but stands out as a fantastic play. Is I mean, pitchers we know what pitchers there are a lot of 2x guys, but Sean Murphy's at 1.75x, and I think that's just a super solid spot for him. And you can kind of stack up the game with Lowry at 1.4 and then Canna and Piscot or Canna and Loreno. At 1.3. Um, oh, the guy. Oh, Alec Bohm. You know, I don't expect a lot of people to be on him over there. He's 1.65x. Um, I just got to talking about how much I like that game in general. And he should bat in a really decent spot in this lineup. So going way back to that first game that we talked about. Um, I like Alec Bohm a lot in this spot. Um, going up against Fed, who is just – he's really bad against righties. And if Bohm bats like in that five or six hole, really like his 1.65 multiplier. So, uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Sign up for Super Draft. Using the promo code GRINDERS so that they can get bigger MLB tournaments. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. See you, kids.